Welcome to Things That Matter. On this episode, Pastor Brian and I talk about women in ministry, what they can and cannot do, how they can exercise their gifts in the church. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Things That Matter. My name is Josh Taransky. This is Pastor Brian Broderson. Each week we come to you with a new episode of Things That Matter. Maybe you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. We'd love to hear back from you. There's also the audio podcast version of the program that uh, is published each week at the same time that the video is published. So thanks for all the questions that have been submitted, the comments. Those are helpful. And today, Pastor Brian, we want to talk about women in ministry. Yep. It's a great topic, one of my favorites because I'm married. And uh, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of different opinions out there about yep. women in ministry and different ideas, even in Calvary Chapel, that surface time to time. Yeah. Um, so give us a little bit of context for this. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm kind of coming off of the heels of uh, summer full of different outreaches and uh, outreaches in the UK particularly. And a large part of my critical team was a group of women, five, five gals actually, yeah. who just were phenomenal. I mean, they put together uh, these amazing outreaches for us. And so I, I was, um, I was kind of bragging about them on Instagram. I think I showed a photo of them and talked about, you know, just how amazing they were. And a friend of mine chimed in and commented on the Instagram. He said, he said, you're, you're kind of like General Booth who said um, his, his best men were all women. And, you know, it just <laughs> kind of cracked me up. Um, because, you know, we just seen just God using these gals in a, in a really terrific way. And so, you know, they, they do a lot of uh, organizational stuff. They've spearheaded a lot of the outreach that we're doing into different communities and, and all kinds of amazing, you know, background stuff with um, artistic things and promotion and all that. But they also uh, do some ministry, you know, with uh, teaching and preaching. And in a couple of our events, we have them uh, teaching to a mixed audience of men and women. And so that's where some of the controversy has come from. You know, some people um, have been very concerned, you know, uh, that, you know, we, we've gone astray. You know, we're allowing women to um, speak, you know, to, to a mixed audience. There was, there, there was one, I posted a picture of my wife who was speaking at uh, the Creation Fest event. And uh, you know, it was funny just to see some of the comments, you know, it's like, oh, it's so great to see Cheryl teaching. And then somebody else says, oh, but wait, I think I see a man in the audience. And somebody else, oh, no, no, that, that's not a man in the audience. And somebody else, oh, yes, it is, you know. And then, wow. oh, my goodness, what's Cheryl doing teaching to a mixed group, you know. And, <laughs> oh, no, everybody, you know, uh, Costa Mesa has gone heretical. And, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So I thought it'd be a good time to probably address yeah. this. And, you know. Because the, the real question, Josh, is, you know, what does the Bible teach about this? Not what have uh, people traditionally held uh, in regard to it, but, you know, what, what does the Bible teach that a woman can and perhaps cannot do in relation to ministry? Yeah, it's such an important thing. So in, in Calvary Chapel, there are mixed interpretations of history um, and as people make an argument for one side or the other, they appeal to what Pastor Chuck allowed to happen or what happened in, in Calvary Chapel's history. How much does that 
argument weigh in with you? Is that important, not important as you form your own opinion? I, I would say it's minorly important. I mean, the more important thing is what, is it, what does the scripture say? Right. But you know, it, just in um, watching Pastor Chuck over the years and seeing his um, approach to ministry and knowing his uh, broadness in a sense, you know, he, he was very broad in many ways. Yep. Of course, he was ne never broad when it came to any kind of essential theological issue. He was always very narrow in the good sense. He was narrow where the scriptures call, right. call for a narrowness. But when there's uh, maybe some ambiguity or something, you know, Chuck's, I think most people would recognize that he tended to be a little broader. He was more gracious. You know, sometimes he would say and do things that people would go, wait a second, you know, how, you know, why would Chuck do that? Yeah. We, we didn't think you could do that, but, you know, sometimes he would. And that was the case with uh, women in ministry as well. And especially in the earlier days of Calvary Chapel, there were times when uh, you know, he would have guest speakers in who were women that he admired, women that had had an impact uh, either on his life directly or had had an impact in the larger body. And um, I, don't, I don't know that any of them ever, you know, filled the pulpit on Sunday morning and preached the Sunday morning sermon, um, but they definitely, you know, would share God's word. They would share um, their testimony. They would share, you know, the gospel. And so... Um, yeah. So there's a spectrum that exists in terms of where uh, different people fall on what, where they believe women fit into ministry. On a far kind of right-hand side, you have the hierarchical position, which really limits women's role. And on the far other side, you have the egalitarian uh, position, which really makes no distinction between right. male or female roles within the church. Yeah. And in the middle, you have complementarian. Yeah. So do you think... Um, with the that Calvary Chapel is generally complementarian and some of the argument or debate over specifically what women's roles should be is all within the bounds of being complementarian? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we are generally complementarian. I think you have some that maybe push a little bit more toward the one side and some that maybe, you know, get a little bit closer to the other side. So, yeah. but I think, yes, we are uh, generally speaking complementarian and just explain really quick what complementarianism so, is. Yeah, so complementarianism is that women basically can do all functions within the church except for be the senior pastor yeah. or elder. So, yeah. um, and the word is really means that, hey, these two gender roles complement one another right. yeah. and give women a, a great deal of freedom. Yeah. Whereas the hierarchical position says, no, there's no teaching of mixed audiences yeah. and there's a lot more restrictions that are there. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah. we do as complementarians, we do acknowledge a difference between male and female, yeah. whereas the egalitarian would say, no, that's just a superficial distinction yeah. between the two yeah. roles. Yeah, so we, so we, I would say, uh, I am, and I, I, I think I can speak collectively for Calvary Chapel, we are uh, complementarian, def yeah. definitely. So the debate recently has been over, okay, so we let women do ministry yeah. um, to a great, de great degree. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be too much debate over women leading worship. Right. It seems like that's pretty, yeah. uh, across the board in Calvary Chapel, we feel comfortable with that. Yeah. But the, the newer debate is uh, this distinction over women teaching a mixed audience uh, doctrine versus something else yeah. of not teaching doctrine. Right, right. So right. how do you understand that and where do you kind of yeah. fall in that? Yeah, well, you know, let's back up a second and talk about, okay, so you've got, you know, yeah, okay, women worship leaders, but that's been something that's been happening in Calvary Chapel for years. Women, of course, teaching 
women's ministry, women uh, involved in children's ministry, women involved in a variety of different uh, aspects of administration in the church and so forth. Yeah, so the, so the one issue I think that it has uh, surfaced recently is the idea that um, you know women could speak to a mixed audience. Now, some would say that that's fine as long as they're not teaching doctrine, but I, that's very difficult because you know if you're gonna you, if you're gonna use a biblical text, if you're gonna preach about Jesus, if you're gonna talk about his death, his resurrection, inevitably you're you're this is doctrine. This is yeah. you know the I mean of course the word doctrine means teaching. So if you're using the the Bible as your text, then you're gonna be you're going to be communicating doctrine. So I think yeah. that I think that distinction is really, you know, it's kind of a distinction without a real difference. Yeah, if we go into Scripture, the, the, the Scripture you're referring to where Paul addresses gender roles is 1 yeah. Timothy chapter 2, the end of chapter yeah. 2, right? Yeah. And that's where Paul says, I do not permit a woman to teach, teach yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so some would take that and say, well, that's a prohibition against teaching doctrine. Yeah. But then when we look back into the Bible, we see that women wrote songs that are now scripture. Yeah. You have Moses' sister writing yeah. a song, yeah, yeah, right? Deborah. We have Mary, you have Mary. Yeah. Elizabeth. Right, right. And then we see that women birthed the Messiah. Women were the first to see the resurrected Christ and report the findings back to the apostles. Yeah. Well, one could say that's a testimony that these women are giving. Yeah. If they're talking about the resurrection, they're talking about yeah. a, a core piece of our doctrine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, there's, a, there's an inter interesting little comment, too, that's made about um, Apollos in relation to Aquila and Priscilla. And Aquila and Priscilla, of course, were a Jewish couple that were believers, and they were, you know, working alongside of Paul the Apostle. Apollos is a guy who comes on the scene. He's, he's amazing. He's got this incredible preaching gift, but his knowledge is incomplete. He doesn't understand the fullness of the gospel at this point. So it says specifically that, that both Aquila and Priscilla pulled him aside, and they taught him the uh, the things of God more, the King James Version more, more excellently. Right. So it, it puts them both there in an instructive role with, um, with Apollos, which I, I think is interesting. You know, yeah. it's just a kind of an incidental comment, but I think it's interesting. But, you know, Josh, when you look at the scripture, you find, uh, like you mentioned, you know, but even beyond that, you have women praying and prophesying. Paul mentions them in 1 Corinthians 11. He doesn't criticize that. He just makes a comment that this is what they're doing. The only problem in that context was that they were doing it uh, with their heads um, uncovered, which Paul, his point there is that was culturally insensitive and they needed to be more sensitive. Um, so we have the, these two passages. I'll come back to this, the First Timothy 2 in a moment. But then you've got, because there's two places in the New Testament where it, it makes the statement, you know, women are to, to be silent in the churches. So 1 Corinthians 14, women are to be silent. They're to learn at home. If they have a question, they're to ask their husbands. I think most people agree that uh, the context to that is women being disruptive in the service. It's not that women can't speak in a service or or that, it's that they can't disrupt the service. That's what they were doing. And we have to remember that all of these uh, instructions have a, have a context. Yeah. And sometimes we don't consider the context. We read it just in our immediate context, and then we interpret it that way. So we have to look at the context. So 1 Corinthians 14, the women are being disruptive. Paul says that they're not to be disruptive. If they do have questions, then at home is the place to ask the questions. I think when you come to... Uh, 
First Timothy chapter 2, you have to consider there's a context to this as well. There's something specific that Paul is addressing. It's not just a general thing like, you know, women aren't allowed to teach, but there's something happening with the women that Timothy's familiar with. Paul doesn't go into detail, but what here's what it seems to me. If you just look at and, and you think about the text, it seems to me that the women in the church, particularly the wives within the church, they are trying to sort of take control of the church. They're trying to put themselves in a place of leadership, uh, primary leadership, and that's what Paul is is rejecting there, and that's what he's forbidding them from doing. I do not allow a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. He's really describing there what the overseer of the church does, the bishop, we would commonly call it the senior pastor or the lead pastor. So it seems that there's there's women in the church. They're obviously married women because Paul goes on to tell them what they ought to be doing instead of trying to take over the church. He said that they ought to be uh, burying their children, tending to the things at home. And another point to consider is this can't be a, an instruction to women in general because um, not all women are married, and Paul didn't expect all women in ministry to be married. He commended those who were not married and talked about the virtue of a single life and you know the ability to be more dedicated to Christ. So, mm. I think if you, you know, sometimes we we have a certain traditional interpretation, and we always just read it with that traditional interpretation. But if you stop and take a hard look at the text, and if you take a look at the larger context, because Paul goes immediately from the instruction about the, the women not doing this to who is to do it. If any man desires the office of the bishop or the overseer, if any man desires to be the, the pastor of the church, well, that man desires a good thing. And then he goes in and he gives the instruction yeah. on, you know, what qualifications are and so forth. So I, I think if you look at it in its context, if you consider the background, if you consider the fact that he's speaking specifically to married women and instructing them on uh, tending to business at home rather than trying to uh, run the church. I, I think it eliminates the idea that Paul is generally saying to women that they can't, um, you know, uh, share the word in a, in a doctrinal sense, because I think that's impossible anyway, or that they can't speak to um, to a mixed group of men. So I, I believe what Paul is, is obviously forbidding is uh, what we already hold to anyway, that women are not to be the pastors of yeah. the churches. And we see Jesus, he chose, um, his apostles were all men. If he wanted to have uh, sent a message that women are to be in this kind of apostolic role, he easily could have picked a couple of ladies. You know, there were right. ladies around. He could have put them in that category. We have uh, the list of apostles in the Gospels, 12 men, uh, there are no women included. And then when you look at the leadership as it's appointed, as time goes on, you find the same kind of thing happening. Yeah, so. even going back to Genesis, the one who's held responsible is the man yeah. in the garden for the sin. Yeah, excellent points. Well, uh, this is important. It's a thing yeah. that, things that matter. Um, it's uh, just briefly in closing, the, the guys who are concerned about women teaching in the pulpit um, and some who have said, look, you can't have women teaching doctrine. Um, where does that fear come from? And, and how does your, you know, your position answer the fears of some of these other guys? Well, I, I honestly think the fear is, is, is coming from um, other, other movements that have that kind of a model mm -hmm. and that some, you know, some within our own group of churches might 
might adopt that model or, or might be adopting it or might be, you know, making a move in that direction. Yeah. So it's like, well, you know, you have them you know, almost like, well, you, you know, you have them teaching a mixed group here. Next thing you're going to have them preaching on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. The next thing you're going to be ordaining them to be pastors of churches. Yeah. And um, uh, but that's I, I think that's an unfounded fear. Um, yeah. You know, I, I certainly have no intention of doing that because I don't believe that the Bible allows for that. And right. that, again, if we just stick with the, the text as our authority and that's the thing we want to be true to, then we're going to please God and do things the way God wants us to. And we're also going to give women the kinds of opportunities that the Lord, you know, wants yeah. them to have. But let me just say this as well. And I'll, I'll kind of close with this. Um, obviously, there have been women uh, over the years that have held the role that we're saying that women rightfully shouldn't hold. Uh, but, you know, you could argue from uh, history that God has used these women in yep. these roles. And so that doesn't mean that we go ahead and say, well, God used them, so we're going to do it as well. I think, you know, the more appropriate thing is to stick with the scripture and recognize that these are exceptions to the rule. Uh, God can make an exception at times. He's God. Um, and he can confirm that uh, exception by honoring and blessing and it's a, it's a fruitful ministry and so forth but the only way we can we can be you know safe and protect ourselves in the future generations is to hold fast to what we see in scripture Amen. so what we see in scripture is women can do many things but there is this one thing that they are excluded from and that is being the overseer of the church amen well, we appreciate you tuning in to Things That Matter. It's great to have you with us uh, this week, and we're looking forward to being back with you next week to talk about more things that matter. Make sure you check out the audio podcast as well as the other formats for this video. We'd love to hear back from you, comments, questions. Uh, we'd love to pick those things up in a future episode. So drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Again, thanks for tuning in. God bless.